That is terrible. It was terrible. It's just, it removes all fun. Why have manual? Yeah. Why like, have the red trim on the car? Yeah, like why have a man? Why have paddles? Why even say this can be controlled on its own when it goes up when it wants, and it won't let you go down when you want? If that frankly makes me want to kick it out of that sporting class because yeah. the Elantra doesn't do that. The Elantra yeah. does yeah. not do yeah. that. And the wow. Civic is a real manual. Right. Hey, folks, today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Berryman Automotive. You know, although you can walk into an auto parts store and find hundreds of lubricants and additives, sealers and parts cleaners, but only one company has made hundreds of those products for over a century, and that's Berryman. Whether you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer or somewhere in between, the Berryman name has been synonymous with performance-enhancing solutions like their industry gold standard B12 chem tool fuel additives made with Berryman's exclusive high energy solvent technology or HEST. Hundreds of solutions and a hundred years of experience all from one company that's Berryman Products. All American made since 1918. Berryman remains committed to producing products that meet the highest standards of performance, reliability and environmental responsibility. In fact, here at my business, Westside Collective car storage where we record this podcast we store over a hundred cars many of them are in our long-term care and over that amount of time if you've heard this in the past from someone else or myself fuel can go bad the chemical compounds can break down and gunk up your fuel system and that's why we use Berryman's fuel stabilizing products and fuel system cleaning products here in our cars to keep these cars ready to drive uh, and have clean strong fuel systems every time their owners want to take them out. So you'll find Berryman at all major automotive retailers or check them out at BerrymanProducts.com. That's B-E-R-R-Y-M-A-N Products.com. It's the summertime and that means today's podcast is brought to you by ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the perfect service for the summer because summer means grilling and grilling means meats and this summer you can add some power players to your grilling lineup with butcher box it's the subscription service that delivers high quality meat and seafood right to your doorstep you can choose from a carefully curated selection of 100 percent grass-fed beef free-range organic chicken wild-caught seafood and more uh, i love me some ribeyes and although it's the summertime and I should be grilling them outside, I like to go with the reverse sear. I put them in the oven, a 240 oven. Uh, actually, I use my, my toaster oven because it's the right size for me and my wife. Toaster oven, 240 about 30 to 40 minutes till I get to a 130 internal temperature and then I sear it in the cast iron with some garlic butter and a sprig of rosemary it is bomb and then when I get that ground beef from butcher box I blend up onions in the blender you got to blend them because it like really unlocks that juice and then it's just meat onion salt pepper and I go with the smash burger mustard grilled on one side it is the jam and when I've got butcher box coming every month I know I'm gonna have meat in the freezer and ready to go I just take it out lay it on my granite countertop and in about an hour or two it is room temperature and good to 
eat. Butcher Box meat has no antibiotics or added hormones. It's packed fresh and shipped frozen for convenience, so you can save time on your next grocery store trip. You can customize your own box. You can go with one of theirs. Either way, you get exactly what you want, and it's an unbeatable value at less than six bucks a meal on average. So get summer sizzling with this special Butcher Box deal for Smoking Tire listeners. Free bacon for the life of your membership, plus 10 bucks off. You can sign up today at butcherbox.com slash tire, and then use code tire to get a pack of free bacon in every box for the life of your membership, plus 10 bucks off your first order. Butcherbox.com slash tire, and then code tire to get a pack of free bacon in every box for the life of your membership, plus 10 bucks off on the first order. So go to butcherbox.com slash tire and use code tire to claim this deal. Also brought to you today by Dylan Optics Sunglasses. You know those sunglasses you see me wearing in pretty much every video on Instagram and more? The ones with the matte finish lenses, they look so cool. These are Dylan Optics Sunglasses made right here in the US of A in Arizona. They are adding new frames like crazy. They've got over 20 frame styles, whether it's the Wayfarer style, the wraparound style, the aviator style, formal, informal, different colors, different finishes. You can mix and match your own frame and lens combination. Each pair is made to order, uh, depending on how you do it. If you go to our website, thesmokingtire.com, and click on the Partners tab, that will take you to Dylan Optics with a special track link and we will send you a free smoking tire t-shirt for every pair of Dylan Optics sunglasses that you order. They don't just look cool either. They're amazing sunglasses. The lenses are super clear. It's like HD life. On the same quality level as a Maui Jim or an Oakley or a Ray-Ban, really high-end uh, glass. And it's not like, like they have been sponsoring us for uh, 11 years now, but they started sponsoring us because I saw a pair and bought them and I thought they were so great. I was wearing them so much, people kept asking me where they were from. That's how that sponsorship started. And I've continued to wear them in my own personal life, not beca only because I was sponsored, but because it's an excellent product. I would I spend so much time in bright light driving in the desert and all these places that I wouldn't wear cheap, crappy sunglasses. It's not worth it, even if they paid me. I only use high quality products in my own life. And Dylan is right up there with the best of them. And they look super cool too. So go to thesmokingtire.com. Click on that Partners tab, and uh, that will track you back to get a free Smoke and Tire t-shirt with purchase of Dylan Optics sunglasses. And of course, we're also brought to you in part by Off the Record. Off the Record is an amazing service whose entire job it is is to keep points from moving violations off your record. What happens if they get on the record? Well, your insurance goes up, you've got court costs, you've got fees, potentially lose your license, potentially lose your livelihood if you lose your license. Don't let that kind of thing happen. Get those points off the record. Go to offtherecord.com slash TST or download the Off The Record app. Keep it on your phone. Use code TST10 on the Off The Record app. Either of those options, 10% savings on all legal services from Off The Record. Off The Record is not a lawyer. They just connect you to qualified attorneys in the area where you got the ticket. 
Might be where you live, might be where you work, might be where you are traveling or vacationing, and that those attorneys will help get those points off your record. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Having a lawyer fight a ticket on your behalf is actually quite affordable, especially when you compare it to the long-term costs of pleading guilty to that ticket, not just the ticket itself, but the insurance premiums and all the other stuff that comes along with it. That's why you got to use off the record to get those points off your record. It's so easy. You just send a photo or a scan of the ticket to off the record and they handle the rest. No appearing in court, no traveling back to a place you don't want to go to to fight a ticket. They do everything soup to nuts. So offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the off the record app. And that code is good for a very, very long time. You don't need to use it right this second. It's good. So far, it's good until the middle of 2024. And based on how well our partnership with Off the Record is going, I don't see any reason that that won't be extended even further. So download the app and use the code and you've got it right there on your phone. You don't have to remember anything. Or just remember TST10 gets you 10% off uh, any of the legal services with Off the Record. All right, folks, on this episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast, it's a cruise show. I've got my Ferrari back from Donnie after six months, and uh, we cover that. Zach spent some time in an R34 Skyline uh, GTR, which is a true dream car. Uh, we reviewed the Jetta GLI, uh, talk about the difference between commenters on the various auction sites, talk about the new GT3 RS, and chuckle at uh, the Ramatz Nevera getting rear-ended on PCH by a motorcycle. And actually, they were able to fly in uh, body parts on business class and have that car ready for the quail. So there's a happy ending to the Ramatz story on this cruise show of the Smoking Tire podcast. I, I came from PT before. Then I went to buy a safe. What? I, went, I bought a safe. Like Today. a floor safe? It's not like it's like 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 a half gun safe. What like you know talking about? Like you know the safe I have. You know the safe I have now. I have never seen seen it. it? I've heard of it. It's a safe. Okay. I wanted I wanted the same exact thing, but that would fit my shotgun in the case. Broken broken down in the case, put away. But I want the case in the safe. Oh, cool. So it's the same thing I have, just taller. I got you. Fucking nice. Nice. Hundred twenty minute fire resistant. That is good to have. Fucking half inch plate steel. 900 pounds. Oh, my God. Nine, it's 900 pounds, yeah. And then they they anchor it to the floor as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. It's pretty fucking serious. There's some fun Reddits about, like, I, I just bought a house and we found a safe in the basement. Oh, yeah. yeah some fun stuff. Well, I mean, the other one, my other one, it was like, I, I looked up, like, how much it would cost to move it with the house. And it was so expensive, it, like, to move it. It's like not worth it. Wow! <laughs> like, just donate so, to the house. So it co- it goes with the house. So if you buy my house, you're gonna buy a fucking safe. Yeah, we'll throw in a free it. safe. We'll throw it in. Like you're gonna. I'm like I'm throwing in a pizza oven and a big green egg. You are actually. Yeah, are they, yes, those I are am. too heavy to move too. They're, yeah. You just don't use them very often. They're too heavy to move. I mean, I don't know. They were assembled in the roof on the roof on in pieces. Jeez. And now it's like now that they're one, like you can't take them apart and put them back together. So, like. Yeah, you they're, have to helicopter. They're just there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you have to build a crane or yeah. something. Like, whatever it is, it ain't worth it. So they're staying up there wow. forever. I yeah. guess you probably can't disassemble those because I wonder if they, like, 
With the heat, they change yeah, no. and everything morphs yeah, you can't, a little bit. You can't, and, the, and because the hardware is all fucking rusty and shit, like it would oh, just yeah. be a disaster. Wow. Because so, the ocean. Because ocean. Yeah. But when I got the first safe, the one that's at my house now, the it was like additional 25% to bring it, to, to deliver it because they had to go upstairs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, there's a double flight of stairs to How get How much up? did the safe weigh at the current house? Like 600 pounds. And the new one's like 900 pounds. Jesus. Yeah. They're fucking heavy, these things. Yeah. That's they got heavy. concrete inside them. You know, they got like fireproof material inside them. Like, and you can, like, basically, like, the heavier it is, like, the nicer it is. It's mm-hmm. just like the thicker thickness of the material. So I went, you know, shopping and they're like, this one's okay, but like, this one is the same size and is 50% heavier. Jeez. And it's got like a lot more shit in it. I'm not going to say what make and model it is. You know what I'm right. saying? You don't want people to know, know too much. I mean, it's funny that it's heavier, but they still bolt it to the ground. Like, I, yeah. I understand that some of the prices, the materials, how thick it is, fire resistance and shelving well, they, and stuff, but it is funny that they're like, this one's heavier. Like, do you bolt them both to the ground? They're like, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, what what they tell you at the store is if someone tries to steal your safe, they'll fucking destroy your house getting it out of there. Yeah. I mean, if of it's course. like just, it's just insane. They'll fuck up every wall. The, I mean, whatever was in the safe is expensive, but like, they will fuck your house up trying to get that thing out of there. Yeah. So you got to bolt it to the floor too. Oh my god! Yeah, they 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 do fucking these whole big fancy schmancy anchor situations. Well, it was an interesting day. Learn morning learning about safes. Yeah, relearning about safes. They're good to have. And I, I got it from the same place I got the last one six years ago. And I walk in and she Is that goes, Washington. And she goes, yeah, the yeah. place on Washington. And she goes, I remember you, like right fucking away. <laughs> I was like, like why? Really? Why? <laughs> I don't know. But she, she remember me. Like, do you watch car videos on the internet? Didn't seem like she did. So, hmm. I don't know. Especially with my fucking straight vacation beard that's going on right now. Yeah, you do have I that. Like I'm like 60. You look like you got lost in the woods for two weeks. Yeah. No, I'm going to shave tonight. I was like, the last four days, I've been like about to shave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, oh, I do that all the time. And then being like, oh, I'm going to shave before I go to Monterey, so fuck it. The amount of time between when I say out loud I need a haircut and I get one is yeah. weeks yeah. to Sarah's uh, dismay. The only thing that really motivates me to shave is that the longer I don't shave, the more it accentuates how bald I am. Uh, if I see myself from a rear three-quarter, I go, oh, God. Oh, right, yeah. It's terrible. What it's if you just terrible. shave the head but keep the beard going? You know, I thought about it. I thought about being that guy, bald on top, fucking beard on the bottom. Shit's just so splotchy with color. Colors. If I was Musto and I had fucking race, race Shelby yeah. stripes, I'd be right there. You had to pay extra for those. But I'd yeah. be fucking right there. Or yeah. if I had a fucking a skunk lick like Bo, you know, something, some right. kind of accent piece. That's what it's called, skunk lick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I might have just made that uh, term up. It works. The one, what is it? Like when you get the one, like Rogue one in X-Men. Sh- right, the one, one stray stripe. gray area. Yeah. Or color, yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. First time I ever saw that was in the movie The Great Outdoors. The guy who got struck by lightning seven times, he had that. I wonder if it was real or if they, you know, they put it in makeup. No, nah, they yeah. painted that shit. Speaking of carrying heavy things, I was looking up um, the weight difference between an LS1 and, a, and an S52 because of the car I'm driving tomorrow. Uh-huh. And one of the funniest comments I found on a forum was... A guy, no one had a number in this form, but someone goes, well, I lifted it out with a friend. I'm 250, he's like 315, and we did it with a pole and some chain. 
but if you're built like a skateboarder, you're gonna need six friends. Like that was literally his <laughs> measurement of an engine's weight. If you got two goombas, a pole, and a chain, yes, you're good. But if you got like three little sticks, little fucking pussies, you're gonna need more of them. Yeah. If you find them at Whole Foods in a salad so you section, couldn't, you couldn't just get the weight of an engine. I did eventually, but it took more than one search. But I thought that was very. Is the funny. LS lighter than the S52? Surprisingly, no. It's oh, like really? 50 pounds heavier. Is an S52 all aluminum? I guess uh, it has to be, right? Yeah. It's not iron. I think S- it is. An LS engine is going to be lighter than almost all like iron block engines. Yes, yeah, but LS1 is just not that light. And this mm. this is the weight with stock manifolds and whatnot. Mm. So if you have headers, but then it's like, but how do you compare those? So, so stock mm. for stock. What I could find was that the S52 weighs like 380, mm-hmm. and the LS1 is like 430, hmm. dressed up with oil. LS7s are lighter, right? Is yeah. there more aluminum on there? I think so. I think there are. As it got more and more advanced. What has, What are you driving with the LS1 in it? Z3? Z3. Oh, that could be fun. I bet it'll be fun. That'll probably be okay. Yeah. A guy fucking, um, shout out to Marina Bay Watch Company on, uh, on Lincoln and fucking the Marina. Whenever I need a little adjustment or a service, I go to these guys. They're great. Fucking Armenians and Hasids together. I love it. And they're all named Mike. Like seven dudes in there. They're all Mike. What are their real names? Yeah. No, unpronounceable. Right. <laughs> totally unpronounceable. I go, I go in there. I'm like, you guys are fucking, you're telling me you, you made up your names and you all just went, went on Mike? And he goes, yeah, it's easier that way. One business People card. Don't forget One. People don't forget your name. One. I'm with Mike. You save money on the business cards. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, no, his real name is like 74 consonants, totally unpronounceable. But um, he goes, I got to ask you a question. He goes, I, I'm, I'm going to Armenia. I got to get rid of a car. I go, define get rid of. He goes, it's totaled. And I go, oh boy, here we go. I go, how totaled? And he goes. Is he going to Armenia with the car? No, no, or no. He, he okay. wants to dump the thing before he leaves. Wow! Um, I got to get on a flight real soon. Yeah, it, it, he seemed, it seemed kind of urgent. And it was which Z- Pia has the deepest ocean. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was it. a Z3M. Oh, it was like a O2 Z3M S54 six speed uh, hit in the front uh, front corner. Oh, so okay. the f- whole front subframe is fucked. Yep. But he said it it runs and it goes into all the gear. The powertrain is good. Whoa. Rear end is good. And I was like, he's like, what do I do with this thing? And I was like, I gave him a list of like the four BMW shops I would I know. Yeah. That like do swaps and might want to buy a complete you know powertrain. Totally. But it was like a random thing. Like, what do I do with this totaled fucking Z3 sitting in front of my house? What's mm-hmm. funny is you know four shops like actually I know I actually like had suggestions. Yeah. yeah. No, I did have suggestions. <laughs> if it was an Altima, you'd be like, I you don't know. Take it to I a junkyard. I did have suggestions. Yeah. And I one of them is the one um, Avis in uh, Glendale is the one that. Um, the EAG, EAG recommended right. for my car, um, and uh, I just sent a client's car over there. A client uh, of mine here at Westside has a Dynan, a Dynan S1 Z3M. Hmm. Uh, excuse me, Dynan S2 Z3M, and it's serial number one. Allegedly, it was Steve Dynan's personal demo back in the day. It was uh, it was also used as a press car. There was a bunch of like magazine articles about it and shit that came with the car, um, but. As happens with many 15-year-old cars, this thing had such a disaster of a stereo system in it. Just fucking shit pile speakers and some fucking 90s disco head unit. It was just awful. So the customer asked me to send it over there for them to unfuck 
the miles of extra wiring. You and put whatever. the stock one back in with a little Bluetoothy dongle. There's a there's a, a pretty good replacement that's not stock exactly, but it looks like it could be stock that has a Bluetooth. Close in enough. It. Yeah, it's right. close enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah Did yeah. you put your Bluetoothy thing in yet? In the Ferrari? No, no, no. In the. Uh, Oh, no. When I yeah, go pick this M3. guy's car up from Avis, I'm going to run my car out there got to it. do it. The shit's okay. sitting on my... I got the Bluetooth thing in. It's sitting on my desk. Nice. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't know if you installed it, like plugged it in or how hard it is. I. It's not... Like, you do have to take something apart. I don't want to fucking touch anything. I don't want to touch There's a lot of it. wires in the back. And also... Um, oh, shit. I think it was ACP. No. Um, one of the 1552 guys... Forget if it was Brad or Matt. I forget which one of them. I think it might have been Matt Crook. Set me up with someone who makes a piece that goes underneath the armrest in the E46 mm-hmm. M3 and is a wireless charging pad. Oh, cool. It looks like oh, the OEM right. piece, but it's a wireless phone charger. Yeah. So I have that and the Bluetooth dongle, which is the only thing, like, that's all I need, all I need. right there. So yeah. I'm going to have both of those put in at the same time. That's cool. Yeah, that'll be that'll be neat. It, yeah. I took it out. It looks feels like quality, like, stock-looking, kind of pretty. It's under the armrest, so it's pretty stealth. I've I've been 90% happy with my Avon head unit. That's but, the Chinese joint, right? Yeah, yeah, which is like version four. Because when it when CarPlay works and stuff, like I have Google Maps pop yeah. up, podcast, t- the touchscreen's good. What? But 10% of the time, I plug it in and it says, "Please pl- plug in phone." Uh, but the phone is charging, so I'm like, "Well, the phone is plugged in." Yeah. So I don't know if I have a shitty cable. I mean, in fairness, I've had that what? problem in press cars. <laughs> I mean, straight up, like I've had that problem in press cars. Like, All right, I feel better. And, and isn't your phone? kind of like older too no same as yours is it, is it mini, thir- 12 is it mini 12 mini oh, yeah. okay hannah's phone yeah she has like problem. an x the fucking mach e doesn't like fucking doesn't like her phone at all yeah um it likes my phone just fine but not hers that's why I, like i saw that wireless charging thing and i've had so many problems with wireless chargers especially because i have a magnet thing on this yeah oh that's not that good it's just that's not like, worth that's it. That's like a, it'll create like nuclear meltdown. Right, yeah. Like, and then I have a Tesla fire. Yeah. Like you've got you've got a thing that heats up this fucking metal. It's like it'll melt down the whole core of the fucking phone. Yeah. But even when I take it off, sometimes if it shifts two millimeters, like it stops charging, and then mm. I thought it was charging, I get there and it's dead. I fucking I fuck this. I don't like I don't really like wireless chargers. I'm not I'd rather just have a wire because so you don't. I, I don't necessarily like, if, especially if I'm not driving. Especially if I'm a passenger in the car. I, if I'm playing with, I don't want to have to choose between being on the phone and charging it. Right. If I'm a driver, like yeah, okay, it makes sense. But if I'm a passenger, I don't what like press it. car do we have though? They had the center console with a sleeve that held the phone against the wireless Ooh, charger. Ooh, I liked which that. Was so smart. Damn, this is gonna. I don't know, but I want to say only one car has had it in, in Cadillac Blackwing. I think that is that's where I was going too. I think it might have been Cadillac Blackwing in the armrest. Yeah, that was nice. Very smart. That was really smart. A, a couple other ones have had little clamps that held the phone in place on the wireless charging as well. It was it was like the one had the Blackwing had the pocket, but something else had. Another kind of sleeve or store. One of them, which one had two? Was it the TRX? Two wireless chargers? It might have been the TRX that had two vertical next to each other so you could both do it. Yeah, with a beer on tap next to it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's that's what's going on. But speaking of Bluetooth, 
Ferrari's got Bluetooth. Hey, fucking Ferrari. Donnie, guys, the guy's fucking. He's a weirdo, but he's, he's fastidious. Fucking, it's good. Yeah, that car drives good as fuck. So, what were the differences that leapt out immediately? It's when you start it, it starts and just smooth idle immediately. It had like sixty seconds of shitty rough idle before, so that's mm-hmm. gone, and and he didn't change anything in the engine since he had it. I mean, he did an engine service months ago. Right, right. It still was cold starting, shitty. But the circuit the board, circuit board had fried itself. Yes, yeah. And and so he uh, that we have a new circuit board, so it starts and immediately idles smoothly. Um, Gearbox smoother. He put a different fluid, the OEM Ferrari fluid in the gearbox. Um, the steering feels completely different. Turns out my steering rack was beyond fucked. I mean, it was literally like loose, like he could wiggle it. So we have a brand new <laughs> steering rack, super tight, super sharp steering. Well, Br- the number of bushings you had in that car that had collapsed and disintegrated to where, you know, if the bolt is, if like, if the ham, if, if you're looking at a hamburger on a bun and the bolt is the hamburger, it was like your lettuce and tomato had just vaporized, and now it's just collapsed onto right. the it bun. Right. It was like the difference between the photo on the wall at McDonald's yes. and what is served exactly. to you at McDonald's. Like I have never seen bushings <laughs> like that. They were yeah. bad. Okay. And so. when I was driving the car before, I'd go, you know, this thing is like jiggly over bumps, and people would go, well, you got the GTS. If you'd gotten the fucking the chassis rigidity, yeah, that's what they said. If you got the slick top instead of the fucking target top. You wouldn't have that problem. I'm like, even in the 80s, there's no way Ferrari would sell a car that jiggles like this. It just, they wouldn't. They, they couldn't. They couldn't get, and, and uh, oh, by the way, it's now absolutely tight as a drum. You hit the bump, and Donnie said he set it to stiff relative. They're adjustable mm-hmm. shocks. And he goes, you know, if they're too stiff, let me know. You know, I made them stiff. But stiff for 86 is not Senna, <laughs> you know? So yeah. so it rides beautifully, um, one down, one up, you know? The stiffness uh, of 22 is not nearly as, uh, no, or no, stiff at 86. No, it's, it's cruise. It's, a, it's still a cruiser. Yeah. But the engine is so smooth, it's really powerful, and the car just feels really, really planted. I mean, allegedly, I left Donnie's at sunset, and stuck the thing down the 14 at 100 miles an hour. And, you know, what? before I was like, when I would hear stories about these guys cannonballing these things, I'd go, well, that's fucking bullshit. This car doesn't drive. You're not confident deep into the triple digits of this car. But, like, now when it's driving like it's supposed to, like, oh, yes, this car yeah. is confident deep into the triple digits. I mean, the b- bad bushings, it's like a game of, it's like dominoes. Like, you knock it over, and it will affect something mm-hmm. else, and you don't realize it until you address it. And yeah. it does change everything. Yeah. I immediately, within t- 10 minutes of driving the car, I went, oh, well, this was all worth the money. Yeah. The first time I drifted my car after I got it back from Carbon and yeah. Steve, I went, oh, that's the change. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was just, oh, it's immediately doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, it just it just feels like it fucking works, which is which is really really nice. That's cool. It was a, when I left Donnie's, it was 105 degrees outside. Oh my god! Yeah, it was hot. Now, fortunately, the car was kept inside, so it's not like I got in a black car that was sitting in the sun all day. But he lowered the seat. 
It's an inch lower. Oh, cool. So I have a little more, little more headroom. How did you, did you have to chop the mount for it? Yeah. Okay. He literally took the rails out of the seat, and the rails have these tabs that extend like this far down yeah. below into the sliders. Okay. And he literally cut the middle sections out of them and welded it back together. Oh, perfect. It's cool. not like a simple thing. You actually yeah. you have to cut and weld. But the seat's still on a slider. And it's irreversible. Which, yeah, it's on oh, slider. Good. All right. Yeah. He said, if I want to go lower, the next move is to bolt it to the floor. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I really need that. Um, Can you drive it with the top on? Yeah. All right. Well, then you don't need to lower it more. Yeah, no. I, I, it's, it's With the top on, it's better. Cool. My head was like hitting the roof before. It's not now. It's, it's maybe an inch, but it's the only if – it's, if if it's an important inch. <laughs> the difference between hitting and not hitting is she a said smiling. very important inch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, my brake system is completely new. Everything is new. The booster, the master cylinder, the pads, the calipers are new. The rotors are new. The lines are new. Like, it's all new. It's like it fucking – it's not like – it. It stops like a Turbo S or anything, but the pedal's really nice you and firm. You basically, after having the engine service, you have a nearly new car. It's It feels I mean, like he tight, 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 He unbolted tight, everything tight. and then put all new parts down to the bolts, by the way, yeah. like on this unibody. Yeah. So, it yeah. feels like I – I can't say it feels like a new car. I never drove a new car. Right. But it's like a, all the slop is gone. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. I don't even give a fuck about the rest of Pebble Beach. Like, I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. tomorrow, and I'm going to take the PCH. Yeah. Because yeah. I bet it's, it will just be a different car in the canyons. Before, it was kind of like, this is fun and charming, and, like, it handles pretty well, but this is mu- this must have been what it was like back then. Yeah, And now yeah. you can really see what it was like and yeah. understand how they raced. These cars, cars like were pretty this. well received when they were new. It wasn't like these things were, you know. Well, I mean, the thing, like, with an exotic car... Even if they make one that is compromised and problematic, people will still love it because yeah. of how it looks or makes them feel. So it's not unknown for a car company to make a subpar car that still gets celebrated. Right. But it was like we were judging it unfairly. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's um, – it just feels like – I'm, like, confident in going on a road trip now. Like, it cool. starts so – willingly and like it warms up faster um it the 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 shifter you know the the second gear is a little like shitty in these cars when it's when it's really cold mm-hmm. um for it's the like, first few miles most people do a one to three skip shift oh wow um which actually second and third are like um our second and first are actually pretty close together so if you're going slowly it's not weird to do a skip shift anyway mm-hmm. um but it's it it's sooner that second gear is like okay cool got it um the car's happier to go from third to second than it is to go from first to second and they're all kind of like that but interesting um dude it's just really really fucking nice really nice very happy about That's it. Have the guys good. here detail it so it looks looks pretty i mean it looks great but it's not perfect cosmetically which i want i don't right. want it to be perfect cosmetically because then i'll treat it like a fucking m3 yeah <laughs> yeah i yeah. actually am like excited i'm going to go to a thousand miles in it like fuck yeah right exactly yeah that's cool that's gonna be and the music is good this blau punk uh bremen with the uh, ipod charger 
and uh, it's got Bluetooth and the spe- I put and new speakers. And it looks pretty period correct. Yeah, if you pull enough, the yeah. cable out, did you go look at it? Well, I saw it when we were there. Oh yeah. yeah. If you pull the ca- the iPod cable out and close the fake tape deck, yeah, it's cool. It looks like it's supposed to look. I love that. It's such a clever way to hide that stuff. Yeah, um, it's it's really really nice. All my gauges are working properly. Um, they're not like fogged up anymore. Like speedometers, speedometers a little optimistic. It's about at highway speeds. It's like eight to ten optimistic. Eh. But fucking whatever. But the fuel gauge, ticket. fuel gauge is is dead on. So that's 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 the, the important one. Fuel gauge, water temp are dead on. So those are the ones. Those are the ones I really need. But um, and people smile at you. You know when you when you're yeah. when you're ripping along in that thing, it's not like ripping along in a uh, in a new Ferrari. You're a classy gentleman. You're a connoisseur. Yeah. It, it is true, though. Yeah. It is yeah. absolutely true. Yeah. People have more respect and admiration for older cars because they know that you're not, I don't know, you're just not showing off. You're not making as much noise usually. Yeah. You're just not being a Sound, dick. It sounds nice. There was also an exhaust leak, which is now gone. Oh. And so it sounds really, really nice. Where was the leak? At the header? I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere. It was like a... You'd hear like a little extra thrum. Hmm. Like just a little extra pulse that you could kind of tell isn't supposed to be there. It wasn't okay. like causing damage, but some gasket was fucked. I don't know. Whatever. All fixed. Uh, it's fixed. Nice. Bottom line is it's fixed. So um, that's and that's it's just really fucking nice. And with the way it's geared, you know, on the highway, if you're if you're cooking along, you're at like four thousand forty two hundred RPM. Well, it's geared pretty short. So you're spinning revs, and if you want to fucking go, you're, you don't need to drop a gear. You're, the you're there. Band. You're right there. What's the red line? Eight. Wow. Yeah, it goes to eight. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to wind it out to eight. It feels really good when you zing the fuck out of it. Italian tuna sounds good. burns it out. Are you driving up with the top on? That's the, the one problem. can bring the top with you if you take it off? So if I was shorter... I could. The top goes stores behind the seats. Oh, okay. but my seats have to go all the way back, which doesn't leave any room for the top. So I'm gonna bring it, drive up there with the top on, and then leave it in my hotel room. So I have it. That's great. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, I can't. I'm not gonna leave it at home because the hotel is outdoor parking. Like it might, it could rain. Who it fucking, totally could. Yeah. So. But I love the idea of you just walking through a hotel, just like with a twist don't mind my, me. with my top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but now that I can fit in it a little better, driving with the top isn't so miserable. Mm-hmm. Driving with the top on is okay. Yeah. If yeah. your head was rubbing the whole way, that'd be terrible. It, I've done it before, and it sucked. It was really miserable, and not only is it either my head rubs or I have to crunch down like this, and it was awful. Now I can sit like I'm supposed to sit. With, with the head, with the top on, so. Nice. Yeah, and it's yeah. not gonna be too hot. It's The weather's gonna be like high 60s, low 70s, oh, so it should perfect. be old car weather. Even, I mean, as, coming back from the desert, the fucking thing was 195 on the temps, no problem. But there's something so nice about driving in NorCal, oh, yeah. like the flowy roads, yeah. if it's a little, not foggy, it's kind of dangerous, but when it's cool, yeah. everything just feels fast. Yeah, yeah. And, nice. like, and I learned how to do some things. Like, there's buttons in that car, I don't know what the fuck they did. Like, I didn't know I could control my radio antenna going up and down with a button. That's cool. I didn't know that I could, like, put my fog lights on without my headlights being on. And, like, Donnie actually showed me how to do those things. Like, <laughs> I didn't know how to do anything. Dude, I saw a Wrangler yesterday. Uh, it had, like, it was lifted mod. It was his nighttime. It had the dumb scowling headlights mm. with LED rings. But the headlights were off, and they were just running their lower fog LED bar. <laughs> It's just like, like I know I'm gonna blind I, people, but also not be able to use that light to see. Right, like they're not projecting light as far. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was very silly. And Straight I, aggression. Just yeah. So yeah, exactly. I yeah. want my car to have personality, not yeah. necessarily visibility. I just thought it was dumb. Yeah, and I'm now in a because West Side Collector Car Storage is a dealer. I'm now in a situation where no plates, no problem. So I got that really nice WCCS display tag. Got my paper dealer tag. I'm good to go. Wow. You yeah. put that on everything? I can. No okay. plates, no problem. When do you have to change that all over? Or when do you change it over? Like, do what? you have to transfer your registrations and all that shit? No. Oh, okay. No. Dealers can hold open titles. So the cars just become, become part of the inventory. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a fucking great little move. This can you get me financing on a 2014 Camry? You well, if you got your car sales license, and you could become an employee of Westside Collector Car Storage, you could drive on dealer tag. And then I can get an R32. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, you can't. But Hannah can because she's on the board of directors, which is very important. I got it. It's all legal. How many people are on the board of directors? Me and Hannah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, no. This is, this, this, I like this system. This Somewhere is a good your dad's system. like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is a good, yeah, he can't drive around on a dealer tag. He's had it. And uh, I don't know if we talked about it, but my, the, the ship is scheduled to land in two days. That the Boxster's on. Now, why does a ship land and a plane land? Is that just big things arriving? Uh, it's just at a terminology. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, land land at the dock, land at the runway, land at the shore. You know, same kind. I wanted to depart to a George Carlin question bit real quick, but uh, so it arrives when? In two days, the boat's scheduled to arrive. Wow. Yeah. How long is the unload process? I have no idea. I don't know how long anything is. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully. It's just gonna show up at demand. He's like, "Your car's here." Like, great. Yeah. They know what to, they know at Town Motors. They know what to do. Send it to demand. Put it on a truck. Send it straight to demand. Is that the company that receives it when it arrives at the port? That's Town my, my dealer. Okay. Town Porsche. So they handle that. You don't have to make a phone call to a to the port and get anything arranged, right? No, 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 okay. no. It's going to go to the dealer. It'll go to the. It always goes to the dealer first on a you know a semi truck full of cars. Will go to the dealer and then they'll flatbed it to demand. Nice. Yeah. Fortunately, they're only ten miles away. We had so some uh, demand questions in Patreon, which we'll get to later. Oh, but okay, that is cool. Very cool. Uh, let's see. You drove. Well, you said you wanted to get an R34, but you you drove the <sighs> R34. We talked about it for thirty seconds with Die, but it is so brilliant mm -hmm. and good. The best. To a, I was upset. I was upset. It's one of those cars where you drive and you get mad because you don't have one, and it's yeah. like it's so pretty and it's so good at everything. And I, I just think it takes the best parts of like a Supra's engine. A Mitsubishi Evo's all-wheel drive system, and then like BMW ergonomics, like mm -hmm. E46 ergonomics, yeah, and that and you know, um, and it's built well. It's built. That thing had no. This thing had 150,000 kilometers on it, and yeah. it felt brand new. Yeah. No squeak rattles, no nothing. Um, was it stock? Sort sort of. It was a V-Spec two, so it already yeah. was like uprated from N Nissan, and then. The owner, um, Jason, had done some modifications to it, but they're all mods you can order through Nissan back oh, in the so day. Oh, so like Nismo stuff? Exactly. So it had like a Z-Tune hood and Z-Tune oh. fascia. If it's a real Z-Tune hood. It's not a real Z-Tune okay. car, but he wanted it. It is like a real Z-Tune hood. Yeah. And then he got the Olins put on it that they used to offer oh. um, an R35 Brembos oh. uh, from them. Yeah. So, cool. So it was all like, you know, from the brand, yeah, yeah, but yeah. just a little bit uh, upgraded. And the thing like... It it was stiff enough, but not too stiff. It corner. It feels, it almost feels heavy in terms of like, because the steering's kind of heavy. It makes the car feel heavy and yeah. very gripped up. 
but then it changes direction yeah. like something that weighs 3,100 pounds. Was his four-wheel steering hooked up? I assumed it was, but yeah. I didn't actually ask. They got It got a little better for the 34s, the programming mm-hmm. for it. The early cars, a lot of people lock it out. because They just made lock it, it straight? Yeah, because it uh, made it drive kind of weird. I didn't ask. Yeah. And I know that the 34s, I think they switched over to electric mm-hmm. four-wheel where it used to be hydraulic, mm-hmm. which I can imagine... It was a little, GTs a little problematic yeah, it was back a little then. Wonky. But yeah. fuck, man, it yeah, is great. like it best is the smoothest ever. engine. Yeah. I think I've ever experienced. Yeah, there is zero vibration, yeah. and that's compared to Supras and BMWs that both have inline sixes. Like, yeah, un- incredible. Yeah, the there's technology. a reason people pay two hundred grand for those cars. Yeah, and it's because they drive really good. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that they made the predecessor in '89 and '90, like no wonder it just like fucked the entire yeah. race field up. And then, you know, took the trophy home every single time. Yeah, like, it was probably the best car ever made to that point. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, they, they were developing that, like, you could buy my Ferrari, you could buy that the same year you could buy R32. That's bananas. And it's like a joke. That is a joke. Yeah, like, my Ferrari's charming, don't get me wrong, but compared to R32, it's like a shitbox. Your, your Ferrari's using technology from, from the like 70s. 70s. Yeah, and yeah. this was technology from, like, the 2000s. Yeah, yeah. For real. Yeah. Uh, they said, I was reading that the all-wheel drive system, when they developed it, they tested the 959, and they felt it had too much understeer. And so that's why on corner exit, the R, the um, GTRs are basically rear-wheel drive cars, unless mm. they feel slip happen. Hmm. So, like... The 959, which, you know, cost a billion dollars and was the most technologically advanced car, I think, yeah. to that point. Gordon Murray can relate. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're too much understeer. <laughs> so they were like, we can improve this. I mean, yeah. just amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. The so you got a video of that. That's good. Yes. Um, should we do Jetta GLI? Mm-hmm. I didn't drive. So I went and did the R34 while you did Jetta. Yeah. So how was your Jetta experience? I'm glad we did that because I got back here two hours before you did, you did, and I really needed those two hours. Um, this car is great at six-tenths. At nine-tenths, it was a disaster. Um, GLI, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the GTI version of the Jetta, right? So it has a version of the, of the GTI's two-liter um, it's got 228 horsepower, 258 torque. Instead of uh, the GTI gets a little more power, 13 more horsepower and uh, 15 more torque. That's the Mark Eight anyway, because okay. this is still on Mark Seven architecture. That's why so it still the, has knobs and things. The most important thing is about Volkswagen is you don't know how good something is until it's gone sometimes. <laughs> and so, in terms of driving something around every day, there's nothing on my Instagram yet about this car. But in terms of just a car that you drive around every day, the, the Jetta is way nicer to use than the current GTI because it has real buttons, it has real knobs. It's just like shit just works. So that there's that. Um, the one I the one we have is a DSG car. It's not mm-hmm. a stick, but it's available uh, with a stick. Um, it's it. I believe this car is so you got in really in this class and, and maybe if there's more than it's the Civic Si, the Integra, the Elantra, and and the the GLI. Those are your big players, really, right? Am I missing any? Mm, I don't think so. Not really, right? I'm probably am. There's probably a fucking Kia in there somewhere too. No, there's no fast Kia. Uh, for this money. Not really. What is there? There's the Forte. I can't remember what. That's smaller. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's, I drove it once and I was very under, unimpressed. It's really the thirty to $35,000 range is really Civic Si, Elantra N, and this. Yeah. The Integra is a little more expensive. Um, so I would say the Civic is the most tasteful, uh, tastefully designed, best back seat, and has the best inputs. The shifter's really great. The steering's really great. But it's slow. Mm-hmm. This, the Jetta GLI, if you're commuting or doing a lot of road trips, is the one I would want. The seats were comfortable and had good range of adjustments. Tons of leg room. Good stereo. Beats audio. What does that mean? They fucking stole it from Monster and put a B on it? I don't know. No, Beats, Beats audio, they were involved with Dodge like six years ago. Like so, It was just, you know. So the stereo sounded pretty good. The, the materials in the front were nice. The materials in the back were crappy. Huge trunk and adjustable everything. Adjustable dampers, adjustable diff, adjustable steering, adjustable all kinds of stuff. You can even adjust. You can put the adaptive cruise control in sport mode, which, so does which, it ride is, which is interesting. More? Is it-, I, it, it changes the aggression of it, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the Elantra N is the fastest by by a lot. It's way quicker than the GLI. It's way quicker than the Civic Si. What's the power on the GLI? I forget. Two twenty-eight horsepower. Yeah. So the the Elantra is two seventy. Yeah, yeah. It's way quicker, um, and also has better bolstered seats. It has better suspension geometry. Has better brakes um, than the GLI, and also comes with better tires from the factory. Now tires are a pretty easy one to change. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I try not to judge a whole car on the OEM tires, but. What you know? Sometimes, what choice do you have? If I was doing a lot of road trips, this thing does like thirty-seven miles a gallon on the highway, um, and it's just comfortable, quiet, refined, and easy. Um, and uh, but in the canyons, as I just said, the tires are awful. It has way more chassis than it does tires, and if you go past six or seven tenths, you easily overwhelm the tires. So it shops at the same shoe store as the Integra. It's got Hankook Kinergy, which is... It sounds like a like a tech word, like Synergy, but then they yeah, went one more in like Kinergy. It sounds like a, that sounds like a Canal Street tire. You only hire your family to... (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like they threw letters at a dartboard for for syllables. You know what I mean? Um, And uh, I got the brakes really, really hot, too. The brakes, I almost almost set on fire. Um, And most importantly, the gearbox, which I don't understand because they've been making this thing forever, was infuriating. Even in manual, even in sport... Even with traction control and stability control fully off, it would upshift on its own. Hmm. Furthermore, full digital gauge cluster, right? Right. Red line begins at 7. Hard red line is at 75. This would upshift on its own in manual mode between 6 and 6,500, even if you were just flat on the floor. That it early? had a red line that wasn't real. That's so a weird. A digital red line that was fake. Is that where peak power is? I mean, no, it, it doesn't No, peak power is 5,000. This thing revs like a diesel. 1,500 peak torque, 5,000 peak power. But it shifts 1,000 so it's RPM got a, it's got a little turbo. It's got a little torque turbo, right? Wait, so there was, was there no... If it upshifts at 6,500 in manual mode with yes. full race everything... Yes. 
Is there it was no way to ever get to redline? Not that I found. That's so weird. I went flat no in both manual and automatic, and it would never, it never got to its own indicated redline. Oh, that's weird. Weird. Really weird. And it would mm. upshift at stupid times. You know, it wouldn't if I wanted to hold the, you know, hold second gear for a corner. It would, it would just go into third. But then, I'd want to go back down to second. The it wouldn't go down. So if I up if it upshifts on its own at quote red line, mm-hmm. not red line, not indicated red line, its own real red line, which is a thousand RPM lower than indicated red line. <laughs> then now, so now it goes from sixty five hundred to. 4,000. Okay. Right? Or whatever. Whatever it is, it goes down to five, five 4,500, whatever the, the difference is. Now I slam the brakes and I want to go down a gear. It wouldn't go down until the revs dropped to like 35. That is terrible. It was terrible. It's just, it removes all fun. Why have manual? Yeah. Why like, have the red trim on the car? Yeah. Like, why have a man, why have paddles? Why even say this can be controlled on its own? When it goes up when it wants, and it won't let you go down when you want. It, that frankly makes me want to kick it out of that sporting class, because yeah. the Elantra doesn't do that. The Elantra does yeah. not do yeah. that. And wow. the Civic is a real manual. Right. So that's why I'm saying commuting, long road trips, fine. And then considering it's got this, it's got peak torque at 1,500, peak power at 5,000, mm-hmm. if you put it in regular D... It stays like below 2,500, and it's kind of like gruff and grumbly down there. It's not like smooth. Like, because it shifts early? Yeah, because it mm-hmm. shifts really early. And the engine, it's actually, at those higher revs, it is very smooth. And the gear changes are very crisp. And so it's very refined while you're revving it out. Between four and 5,500, it's a refined driving experience, and it feels like German and technical. But it want, it tries to keep itself at these very low, grumbly, luggy power power points, rev at rev points. So I find that like I would put it in sport shift program for almost all all the time, and then it would shift at three or thirty five, which with a four cylinder engine, that's not even that big of a deal. No, not at all. You know. And we know this 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 is the same engine that the GTI and the Golf R have. Golf R gets different turbos and internals and stuff, but it's that EA eight 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 stuff. Yeah. Like it Like why is it tuned wh- yeah, this? Yeah, why does it have that yeah, that's strange. Those it's weird, weird characteristics. Yeah. Because I know the direct injection in that engine does make it feel a little bit like clattery diesel yeah. at low RPM, but the whole shifting Upshifting so shy of redline and downshifting so slowly is just weird and off-putting. Like if the redline 65, just put the, the it's digital. Just make the redline 65 if that's what it is. Yeah. But to put a redline that starts at 7 and then becomes a hard line at 75 and then make it impossible to get there, it makes no sense. I want to see what the Elantra ends redline is because, you know, it could be one of those, like, if the red line is a thousand RPM shy of what your competitors are doing, you immediately look worse and inferior. Even yeah. if it doesn't actually matter, that's like that is something journalists talk about, other people, whatever. So I wonder if nope. they they go, well, it could rev to this, but we can either protect the engine or the yeah. MPG or something by keeping it lower. I haven't driven the manual. So the manual, you might be able to mechanically get it that high. You know what I mean? Right. So you're 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 choosing your own adventure with the manual. 
and it may be possible if you leave it in gear and smash the throttle to bang a rev limiter at 7 or 72 or 75. But it, as far as I found, turning every assist off, turning everything as sporty as it goes, you cannot hit the indicated red line in this car. So that's a bummer. Which was really frustrating. And once that kind of stuff happens, if you're in the canyons and you've got a gearbox that won't listen to you, it's hard to talk about almost anything else. So when you see this video, I'm, I'm hanging on this point over and over because it keeps happening over and over. You know, I'd start to talk about something else, and then I'd have and go, ugh, and the gearbox just wouldn't listen to me yeah. right here again. Right. Just too bad because the shocks are pretty good. The adjustable shocks, that's nice. The adjustable. I drove it for a day. It was very comfortable as a highway cruise around yeah, yeah. vehicles. Very good for that. Like when I was when I was going, I filmed it in Malibu, and so as I'm driving up PCH, I'm going through the different modes, and I'm like, oh, these are this is nice, sport auto, okay, that's nice. Playing with the suspension, you can feel the differences in the programming, different weights in the steering, um, you know, all those things at five or six tenths feel pretty good, but when you start to get to the outer limits of any of them, the brakes, the tires, or the or the engine and the gearbox, it just completely falls apart. And I think what sucks is because this market, it exists for the outer limits of car enthusiasts. It's for people that like driving. Mm -hmm. So to separate it from the normal pedestrian commuter car, you need things that excel at those outer limits. Yeah. I mean, if I was just commuting to work every day on a highway, this would be fine. If I was driving 30,000 miles a year, Road tripping, very comfortable. Well, what would be room. the reason to get this over the regular Jetta if you were just commuting in it? The adaptive suspension. You know, it's the, all GLIs have that Autobahn package now. Mm-hmm. There's no GLI-S anymore. Okay. So you get the Xenon headlights. You get the better stereo. You get the pan, – the, they call it a panoramic glass roof, but they're, that's I don't know where they draw the line at panoramic because it's a sunroof. To me, if you said panoramic glass roof – that to me means full glass. Right. This is only glass over the front seats, so that's not panoramic. That's a sunroof. Okay. Um, but is it bigger than the old sunroofs? Like, sure. I'm, wonder, I'm wondering if that's where they they differentiate. It's 10 percent bigger than a sunroof used to be. Sure, but it only covers the front seats. Okay. You know, it's an all, f- yeah. it's an all right car, but it's not it's not a great performance car. Thirty four grand. I personally would rather have an Elantra N if I really cared about going fast Mm -hmm. and maybe an Integra if I really wanted to drive stick. And if you want a comfortable commuter car, the Integra is that, and the interior is, I think, much nicer looking and more modern looking than the Jetta. Yeah. And it it delivers, you know, the same thing without a turbo, but... uh, I mean, it's turbocharged. It's just slow. It is turbo. It's yeah. just a it's just slow, slow turbo. It's so it's slow. A very slow it turbo. It wasn't turbocharged. Yeah. Yeah, I would rather get the Integra. Yeah. Mm. So it's, um, you know, but for accelerating onto highway on ramps and stuff like that, it feels reasonably quick. Uh, it's just, I, I, I fought with this gearbox for three hours and was just like, why is this, why is this doing this? Right. It doesn't yeah, make why, any yeah. sense. It doesn't. Like, what are you doing? Like, why put a manual mode? What is that supposed to do? Because it's not like it's just for that emergency downshift situation. Because it could be an automatic, and you'll tug the paddle, and it'll if you've got revs, it'll do it. But like, but didn't you say if it it won't do it unless it can jump like three thousand revs? It needs it has such an enormous cushion need. Right. If you're above four, 
you can't go down even if you it's only gonna if it only needs a thousand rpm and you've got two yeah it'll it'll make you wait for three right so if you're it passing stinks. someone that uses the torque and the turbo i mean yeah. you don't really need to but again if this is going to be the performance version yeah. of this car yeah. it needs to perform the performance was was underwhelming that sucks the chassis control was was good the adaptive dampers were good that's the weight transfer that's pretty good but that was pretty much the the limit of it i think is a little disappointing unfortunately being a good uber if you're driving for uber or something like that like back seat was pretty nice trunk was enormous mm -hmm. put tons of stuff I was like I'm like in the middle of moving and I lugged so much shit over to my new house in this and the Elantra N has that strut bar in the back so it, it right. takes up a little bit of space yeah, yeah yeah but the Elantra N was like way more fun. oh yeah yeah I drove much, on racetrack much quicker and it felt at home and the yep. Kona N too the Kona yes. N ripped as well absolutely yeah yeah so that's the GLI um I thought it would be <laughs> so I'm selling selling some cars for clients. We have a we have a, not for me. We're, we're at Westside. We've got the um, our seller's assistance program, and so we're, we we charge a flat fee and we prep the car and manage the listings. And so we've got a car on Hemmings right now. We've got a car on Bring a Trailer. We had a car on P Car Market last month. We had a car on Cars and Bids, and just like the difference in the commenters in those communities is real. Like the Bring a Trailer commenters are. And they're detectives. Yeah, they're looking for every little thing. In some cases, they're incredibly sophisticated. One guy thought that the ride height was a little off and started doing math of the outer diameter of the tire size. Wow! And real and and came and it was very interesting. You know, another guy's oh this. This little thing looks a little. When was this? Another guy says, you know, you scanned all the documents, but page three of the February 2020 service seems to be missing. Could you locate that page and add it to the thing? I mean, I remember you when know. I was shopping for BMWs, there was an E36 that got put up there. It looked real nice. Yeah. And someone went, that fender on the inside of the engine bay is missing a yellow sticker. The sticker that's on there is blue, which is probably counterfeit. It's supposed to be a yellow sticker. Therefore, they assumed right. it had been in a front end collision. I was right. like, fuck, that's so, amazing. Incredibly sophisticated commenters, and it, and what you know, <laughs> what happens? What happened? Someone someone came down to look at this car in person, and we present these cars honestly to the best of our ability. We're not experts in every single, like like these guys are. I wouldn't know this yellow sticker thing you just talked about. That would I, that wouldn't stand out to me. And this guy, this was a Ferrari, and this this guy came to look at it. And he said, do you know, to me, of an inspector that can look at it? So I gave him Donnie. And I said, you know, Donnie, here's the car. And I walked away. I didn't, I, I'm, I, like I said, flat fee. I have no, yeah, the sale price, it doesn't affect me, my bottom line. You know, I want the customer to be happy, but I definitely don't want to, the world going, well, West Side Collective Car Store is misrepresenting a car. Having said that, there's, Things I know about certain Ferraris, there's things I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's why this is why I would encourage a bidder to do a pre-purchase inspection, to find shit like that. That's why I would bring Donnie, if possible, to do to inspect anything I would buy. You give it, you give Donnie a 20 year old Ferrari, he's gonna find a few things, even if the car is otherwise very nice, totally sound, and honestly presented. Little little things here and there. 
and I go, Donnie, here's what's going to happen. You're going to inspect this car for this guy, and he is going to take everything that you find that isn't perfect, amplify it to be some kind of an enormous problem, and go to the comments and tell everybody how terrible this car is. Because either he's going to resent having to come in and the car is less than perfect. Mm-hmm. And we didn't say it was perfect. We, but, but, you know, we showed the whatever. We, but we, it doesn't mean we know everything. Well, right. If, if, there, if Donnie finds any problem that was not listed in the ad, that's, right. you know, the thing. Right. right. Which is why you would have a car inspected. So, so and I go, and, but if he still wants to bid, he's going to make everybody else think this thing's a piece of shit. Yeah. Sandbagging. Yeah. yeah. Which is exactly what he did. He, he got a report from Donnie, showed a few things, little things here and there, and this guy went back to bring a trailer, posted this whole fucking screed, and didn't just, and did it with like a real negative attitude. And he, he came in from a pretty long distance away to see the car. He didn't have to come at all. He wanted to come in person. Donnie could have done it in, on FaceTime or something, but, and basically called us liars. Would the seller like to explain? There's a there's a crack in the radiator shroud surround. Would the seller like to explain this? No, Donnie said there was a crack in the radiator shroud. Where was the radiator on the night in question? So, yeah. Right. So uh, it's, does, it, does he treat you as the seller, or does he treat uh, the seller as the seller? Are you well, guys just, you guys well, our just the business man. is representing the car. Okay. So our business is the seller, and when I say me, I mean my business. I don't mean me personally. Um, you know the guys are the guys are managing it, but but so bring a trailer is this combination of very sophisticated sleuthing, and then this kind of um, high level of expectation where if an inspector finds something in the car that is not mentioned in the sale ad, that you're a liar, right? And you're a piece of shit. And it's like, well, there's really no way we would have known these items because we're not going to PPI a car. That's what the bidder, that's your job as the buyer is to PPI, not the, the seller. We could, You could still be honest mm-hmm. to the best of your ability and represent a car to the best of your ability, and you might not know everything. It's a four-owner, 20-year-old car. There's going to be some shit. So that's bring a trailer. We have another car on Hemmings, and it's... Same same presentation, lots of photographs, uh, description as best we can. You know, the client bought this car as a built uh, resto mod with lots of receipts. You know, the client is, uh, is only knows so much. Here, I, it's, I'm selling this car as I bought it. It's been serviced. It runs. It drives. You know, it's a it's an old car. It's from the '60s, mm-hmm. but here's here's what it is. And the comments on Hemmings are like, "Does it run? You know, does it smoke?" Old car problems. Yeah, yeah. very different. One guy said, "Could you present provide a vehicle condition report?" And I'm like, "The bro, the whole auction listing is a, is a vehicle condition report. Like, you want to do a PPI? Like, cars available. Like, send the mechanic. We're here seven days a week." And he was like, no, you provide condition report. I'm like, bro, the, the auction. I wrote down everything right here. I wrote down yeah. all of it. There's 200 photographs. Like, that's what we know. So, you know, whereas actually uh, P-Car Market, 
uh, which is uh, another one that mostly sells Porsches but sells some other stuff. They're all about asking about the options. Does it have this package? Does it have this package? Could you see if it has, if this matches the window sticker? Could you, you oh, you don't have the windows, the original window sticker. Can you, could you get an extract from Porsche showing the originality of compared to the thing, which I thought was kind of interesting. And then Cars and Bids was just real chill. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. Here's, Here's the thing. Look. Here's the thing. It's a good looks, time. Looks pretty good. It's a good time. Like, definitely the chillest of the uh, the commenters. Also, um, a lot of the cars on Cars and Bids cost significantly less than P-Car sure. Market and whatnot, which probably has something to do with it. But yeah. I do think there is the Porsche crowd, like new Porsches are often sold on what option and what package. Right. Da, da, da. So well, and what's interesting with down. the P-Car Market, it was a modern Porsche that we sold, and there was... There was never any assumption. It was like it was modern, but it was like a 17 or something. There was never any assumption that the car wouldn't work absolutely perfectly. Right. No one said, "Does it start and, and throw smoke?" Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just it was it was all about options and little little things here and there. And oh, is that a swirl in the paint? You know, could you get another angle of that? of that door panel, whatever. Now, is that because it does with the Ferrari, I'm bringing a trailer, were there any questions of does it run and start and find, or is it also assumed it's in good working order because of the cost of the vehicle, because of how modern it is? Yeah, I mean, people were pouring over the service records. There was a bunch of service records going back 10, 12 years, and they were asking specific questions about the service records. But not with the Porsche? No. Okay. No. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And like, um, yeah, it was just, it's just, a, it's a tough, I, I think we should start charging more to deal with Bring a Trailer because their their commenters are substantially more demanding and annoying. <laughs> well, speaking of Porsche, should we talk about the, the new RS? Oh, the GT3 RS mm-hmm. that was uh, released today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No real surprises uh, for me. 518 horsepower. Active uh, aerodynamics, DRS. Um, and it'll probably be an awful street car. It'll probably be stiff and brutal yeah, <laughs> on the street. It probably will. And people will use them to drive around Beverly Hills. It, which will be an enormous waste because it's extremely technologically, like, it's set up. I mean, it is really just DRS and all that stuff and, like, these crazy fins all over the thing to direct the air. Yeah. Uh, what, what struck me the most, not the air management, but, like, the amount of adjustability they have put in the driver's hands, like you can adjust the diff, uh, how it opens and how it closes. So how, how the diff locks on the coast. drivers are going to fuck exactly. that right up, Exactly. Man. And Colin can, Chapman, make something adjustable and they will adjust it wrong. Right, you can adjust rebound, compression. What, what I think is for a small group of people that like race cars and need to practice, this will probably help them. With Those people setup. have race cars. No, no, but they can practice it more often, like <laughs> yeah. without having the whole team come out. But most of the people that buy these cars are not going to be race car drivers. And yeah. they will probably fiddle with the things. Most Ruin of them it. will hit, go back to sport from Porsche or Sport Plus, and a few of them will drive around with like a suboptimal setup. Do you think, think the car will let you ruin it? Or do you think Porsche will have a, a, a fallback where you you can't actually choose a wrong setting? Where if you start to fuck with the how the diff opens and closes, it'll either just like not let you select that option if it will ruin how the car drives or uh well I think no, I think it'll let you adjust it 
how you want to adjust it and you may adjust it incorrectly for the task at hand or the corner at hand or like like if you can crank rebound up to a you know 100% and make it as stiff as possible that might that may be a detriment to your lap time but i don't think i don't think a robot's going to call you and go actually you'd be a lot quicker well, if do you, you think went down any to six. setting will make it drive terrible um i don't know yeah, that's a good that's question. Like, how bad could you fuck up the setup? Right. How adjustable is the diff? And yeah. Then, right. Okay. I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, is there a failsafe from making it awful? <laughs> like, could it's you? A good just, question. Could you yeah. It depends on it... how adjustable it is. Yeah. The whole diff lock, like, I don't it, know that shit. Yeah. Neither do I. I shouldn't you be know, trusted to that fuck is with that. High level. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. want? Do you want oversteer on trail breaking in? Even when I drive yeah. race cars and they're like, "Here's how you do all these things," I'm like, "Just pull up the thing that says when I'm going to overheat and where red line is where I can shift." Like that's it. Yeah. Where do you turn like, it on? Yeah. Leave the fucking rest. Oh, there of we it. go. There's like four knobs on the wheel now for all this stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I was surprised by that. There, RSs have always been kind of about not having a bunch of knobs yeah. on the wheel, and now they went from they went from no no knobs on the wheel to all the knobs on the wheel. 991 yeah. GT3 RS had nothing on the wheel. Not even, yeah. like, nothing. It was great. Yeah. And I'm, now I'm, it's, I'm now thinking it's all because the they had, because all these functions, I think, have probably existed in the computer. Like, you had adaptive damping and you had all, and, like, e-diffs. So now they've just given you some, some control over it, yeah. which is probably a good selling point, but most people aren't going to mess with it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably be on, on, a, on a track, on a, on it'll a be fucking amazing. smooth road. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, on the street, it'll probably be terrible. The yeah. last GT3 RS was terrible on the street. Beat the shit out of me. I mean, the 992 GT3 is not great on the street. No. You know? not, yeah, it's going to be stiffer yeah. than that, and yeah. that's already way too stiff. Uh, these have 50% stiffer springs. Oh, great. That's a lot. Can't wait but it's not. That. But it's not meant for driving around L.A. Do you hear that? Yeah. Everybody <laughs> who lives meant, in L.A. and is hitting order now, it's not LA. meant for Go that. Go to Malibu on any Sunday and count the fucking wings, dude. You know, <laughs> I mean, if people track them, great, because that's what it, I mean. It's literally engineered for that, and it will be so rewarding to drive. But just make sure you do that. Yeah. Um. It it looks looks badass though. Looks mean. It looks crazy. Yeah, yeah. It looks mean. It does. I bet it's gonna be huge. I bet in person that's yeah. a huge car. Yeah. Give me a fucking twenty ten. Like Vin's the one Vin just got. Ooh, that's my jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And seven dot two. He has the same spec you drove for a car. The show. Press car. Yeah. yeah, it's the same as the press car. Maybe it was the press car. It might car. have been. Same car Richard Hammond crashed at VIR. Oh, he did? That was the press car I had, yeah. Did Oh wow. Yeah, they fixed it and I got it. Oh shit. And yeah, we, we took it runway racing. Yeah, there was a bunch of grass fucking stuck in the under tray from that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Speaking of crashes. Uh, did you see that uh, someone on a motorcycle rear-ended the Ramats? <laughs> uh, you told me. Yeah, the, there's a video now. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's there's a video, not of the crash itself, but of the aftermath. Someone on, on PCH. Yeah, there it is, 16 hours ago. Um, the uh, uh, Brad Iger was driving. He I, I drove the car in the morning, and he drove it in the afternoon. This was about two hours after I drove the car. And someone fucking rear-ended it on a on a motorcycle. Oh, yep, ugly. And so now the green car is not going to Pebble Beach. They brought the white car to Pebble Beach instead. They had they had a backup. That 
I, that really sucks. How do you rear-end someone on a bike because you're not texting and driving, in theory? I mean... Like, you, just going too fast and fucking around, maybe? Maybe or, going too I mean, fast and fucking around. Just maybe distracted. Uh, I mean, did, did you say what speed they were going? Was it like It looks 15? like a pretty low speed. All right. I mean, 15 to 30. Um, These the cars not are all... Like, Car's not too fucked up, but the photos are stills from someone's Instagram video. Okay, yeah. it's just okay. So they were filming. They were filming the remats, and then this happened because all these photos are the bike is down and the and the rider is like on all fours. Like it, it looks that traffic light right is the it uh, it's the light at sunset southbound on that that right there. That's Miro. That's the fucking cool ass test driver. That guy rules. He's probably upset at this moment. Yeah, Captured it wasn't Brad's fault. Um, that looks like a very small person it does. from the, that crash. The motorcycle rider. Maybe it's a woman. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But wearing the, one of those dumb vests. Well, they protect your spine. Yeah. Well, great. How do you how, you want to live your life with no skin or no arms? I mean, if you have to choose between not between living paralyzed or living with a lot of skin grafts, I'll go skin grafts. But I agree the with choice, you. So the choice. So the choice. The choice is the vest or nothing. Is what you're saying. There's no other option. Vest or nothing. No, I'm saying I'm glad this person at least went with spine protector. <laughs> Uh, yeah, poor car. It's not that bad, but it's bad enough that I don't think anyone's going to be reviewing it I mean, anytime soon. I'm fixing it by this weekend. That sucks. Accidental exclusive. Yeah. Um, they have another one. They have a white one that they uh, brought to Pebble Beach in a trailer. Can you imagine you get off your bike or you get up from the ground and you're like, I'm really sorry. And someone just goes, there's two of these in the world. Yeah. And you just hit one. And you're, you're just. It's <gasps> two and a half million dollars. You call progressive and they yeah. just hang up on you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. They may or may not be happy with me talking about this being a crash, but it's not like it was. So, it's not like the car sailed off the road. Like it was at a light and someone fucking hit it. I Bummer. mean, this is on four Some different piece. websites. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I was I was not the first person to talk about this. I, uh, but I'm not going to be the last. That sucks. Yeah, let's go to the Patreon. Patreon.com/slash The Smoking Tire Podcast. Want to talk to us for money? Yeah. <laughs> People suggest all kinds of ways to talk to us for money. This is the best one. Patreon.com slash the Smoking Tire Podcast. Add free listening experience. Get the show now instead of later. Ask questions on the live show. Yes. Mike Manillo, hidden under that Oops. link, says, I think it says, how, long, how many years in the future will the last manual transmission car roll off the assembly line? What is it? And how far are we from that sad day? I mean... I think if we discount super tiny manufacturers like Eagle and they make recreations of old things, I would honestly bet that it will be Porsche. I think Porsche will be making a manual GT car. There's a lot of money in those cars for them. Well, and they also can offset it with EVs. Right. You know, that's that's something that I think will be really necessary for carbon stuff. So. Right. We might see more manuals. I mean, like, as car manufacturers transition their mainstream cars to EVs, they might free up some, some space in the lineup for a, a hardcore manual car. That's Maybe. a good point. Like, if, if you want a petrol engine, yeah. it's probably going to have a manual now. Maybe. Ooh, that's interesting. Maybe. But I would bet I would bet it would be Porsche. Yeah. Their customers demand it. Yeah. And their aspirational customers demand it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Uh, Chris Navio, demand questions. Can we review the demand 4.5 GT3 they're building? Sure. Um, uh, when they have one, yeah. Um, uh, and do I plan on giving my... 4.5 spider to other YouTubers to review? Fuck no. 
Why would I do that? <laughs> I'm sorry. You want me to spend all that money and have my car be the press car? Fuck out of here. There's something you got to know about me. <laughs> I will never let my car be abused for someone else's rev share. Oh, yeah. That would sting. Yeah. No. No. You know, often Scotto's like, hey, bro, you can bring the Countach out to this versus that. Eat a dick. <laughs> I love you, but eat a dick. No, absolutely. Very expensive drag Absolutely race. not. I work hard for my money. That's my car. Doesn't mean I might not. Doesn't mean I wouldn't let somebody that I like and respect have a quick go. But you got to understand that making videos is a very abusive thing to do on cars. Yeah, and the higher the performance level of the car, the more it needs to be extracted to yeah. make a good video. Hence, no you know, interest in things. that. Yeah. Uh, Sam England just returned from Germany. Followed most of our advice. Rented a 911 GTS. Took it to the Black Forest and looked for the squiggles. That did not disappoint. P.S. Charles de Gaulle Airport was a fucking nightmare. Yep, mm -hmm. you can you can always count on us for advice. Get a nice car, find the squiggles, don't connect through Charles de Gaulle. Yeah. Um, Josh J. Uh, read my article on hybrids and liked it. I mentioned the BMW i3. Uh, very conflicting reviews over the years. Would I recommend one as a city runabout with occasional trips to the suburbs? I would. i3 is a very well-made car. It has a carbon yeah. fiber monocoque. It has a really nice interior. Um, the the driving dynamics of it are actually quite nice. Totally, it's rear wheel drive. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's dumb because it's got because it needed to be a range extended EV and not a plug in hybrid. There's rules, and I talk about this in my article. A Volt was a plug in hybrid. So it had 40-something, 40 45 miles of electric range, and then it had a 10-gallon gas tank, and you could drive it indefinitely. The i3, they didn't want a plug-in hybrid. They wanted a range extender EV. The difference is subtle but important. And a range extender EV, the gas range cannot exceed the electric range. So it has like a 2-gallon gas yeah. tank, which is dumb, and not because they couldn't fit a bigger one. Because they could. I think you can buy bigger ones in the aftermarket. You, I bet you crazy. could. Yeah. I bet you could. I bet you could. And and if it had an eight or ten gallon gas tank, it would be an amazing car. But to have that eighty miles of electric and then two gallons of gas for really emergencies, is fucking stupid. Yeah. I filmed one for BMW, and it was just kind of a nightmare because of the range. Yeah. Like we really had to consider that for the whole day. Yeah. It was problematic. But if you're not driving very far, it is a nice car. Mm -hmm. uh, what is Prashan, what is the closest you've ever come to shitting your pants in a press car? Well, I mean, I actually crashed one. I mean, I, I crashed a press R8, so that wasn't pleasant. I don't know about pants shitting, but it was definitely... Was more vomit, I imagine. It was Some just... anxiety. Just that, yeah, ang panic attack of yeah. what do I do now. That was, that was pretty much it. Uh, shitting my pants in a press car... I, I mean, I've looped one on a racetrack before, but it wasn't close to like having a crash. Like I've spun, but I don't know. Oh, I know. Uh, when I money shifted a Focus RS in in England. Oh yeah, because I was chasing Harris for camera car. I was driving the camera car, and I hadn't driven a right hand drive manual car since 
2012 in New Zealand. So mm-hmm. it had basically been six years. And it was like, get in the car. Okay, here we're going. We're chasing Chris Harris. And I was just trying to go as quick and get close. And then I just muscle memoried and went the wrong direction and met Redline. Yeah. The car was fine. The car yeah. was fine. Uh, Ted Theo Logan. I was commuting home from work today with my 200 Treadwear sticky HPDE tires. I hit something that looked metal but didn't puncture, thankfully, and it made me think, would you trust a 200 Treadwear tire that had been patched in an HPDE scenario? I, Not a patch where you, like, plug. put the... Not a plug. If, the, if it was actually dismounted from the the tire from the wheel and like a real patch was applied to the inside of the tire maybe depends on the speed of the hpd event yeah for autocross yes but yeah. if, I, if we're talking big willow anything over no. 100 miles an hour and it would go it would go to the tire tech that did the patch like i would ask them right yeah right uh derek yegan Wants to know recommendations for fun, light off-roading and rally trails for a lifted WRX in Southern California, San Diego. Bonus if camping is nearby. Um, well, I would say recommend. I would recommend El Mirage, but it's in the follow-up sentence. They already went there. Uh, I mean, we were at Jawbone, which is where we did the Braptor thing. Uh, that's fun. It's great. It'd be it'd be good for. A lifted WRX. That's Hung- where I drove Hungry the Alpha Valley. Too. I mean, Hungry Valley is nice and has a variety of trails. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't go there for filming because we got in trouble and got a very big ticket for filming without a permit there. So, but for just recreation, it was very nice. Yeah. Um, Javon has lots of camping. Um, what are the, get the oh get the BDR thing. The, so, the SoCal BDR. That, yeah. Yeah. The Your SoCal BDR that. map. Uh, is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Backcountry discovery routes, uh, Butler maps. Um, I don't know about anything south of LA. Everything we've Akatia really done. Wells in, is a, oh, is a yeah. big off road park. I've Borrego never been there, Springs. but it's huge and it's south of Palm Springs. So I think it's closer to you. But I yeah. think there's some stuff out by the Salton Sea. Also. Oh, probably because there's yeah. nothing out there. Anywhere, yeah. anywhere there's nothing, there's going to be a trail. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't have a lot of experience south of L.A. with off-roading, but uh, north of L.A. there's a lot. Uh, Jake said, if you had to spend a month wearing the biggest, gaudiest diesel watch or daily driving an H1 Hummer for a month, which do you pick? H1. H1. Immediately. Because you can do something with it. You could do something with it, and an H1 is a shitbox, but it's... A, a fun novelty for a short period of time. And I don't become a target for robbery as much with an H1. And like if I went to Moab, no one's I'm suddenly- a diesel watch. <laughs> what? Diesel watches are like trash. Oh, I thought, mall. I thought they're like, like mall trash. No, okay. they're not. They're not. They're, right. they're junk. I'd still rather drive the Hummer. Yeah. Uh, Christian Pelfrey says, I'm considering buying a Hilux because I think they do- they're dope. Mm-hmm. Are they truly as durable as people claim they are, or is that just something people say because of Top Gear? Um, I mean, they're Toyota trucks. I mean, they're not very different from the Tacoma that we have here. Right. They're really just Tacomas with diesel powertrains. Right. Besides that, like, they're the same. They're incredibly reliable. They're real. Yeah. Like, the Top Gear segment... It, it stemmed from truth. Like they yeah. wouldn't make that segment if it wasn't true. And look at the resale value of Forerunners, Toyota trucks, Tacomas of almost any generation going back to like the late '80s, and it is always far higher than any of the competition. And mm-hmm. there's a total, a, a big reason why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the, all of those things. Um, 
David Crawford, uh, does VW still offer good manual transmissions? Did VW ever offer good manual transmissions? I don't I mean, remember. They offer average manual transmissions. They offer manual transmissions, so that's something. To find good, I mean, I they, feel like theirs are equal to BMW, which is not great. It's they've like, never it's been okay. as good as Honda. No. Hondas have always been better. They said, well, he says, what design trade-offs lead, lead to vague rubbery shifters? Well, softer bushing, softer mounting systems, cable actuation instead of rod actuation. Although there are now, I think the GT3s, some of them have, or most of them actually cable actuated. But like how they're all, the shifters mounted to the transmission and how much linkage is between that and like yeah. the cable, like all of that stuff is is in play. Yeah. And some some sometimes they want really light throws true you know sometimes they don't want at extra weight because if you're driving them in traffic or whatever they prioritize a, a lighter shifter throw that's pretty much it uh andrew n is cadillac lost again or have they found a direction the celestique is a three hundred thousand dollar coach built uh sedan and ev but who is this car actually for and how does it help cadillac too rare and expensive to be a Halo car? I disagree. I think it, that's what Halo cars are, uh, which Escalade does a fine job of doing. I disagree with that. That it is, is a, not a Halo car. That is a parts bin, not great car. Uh, is this a viable swing against Rolls-Royce and Bentley when they're shifting more to SUVs? Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's very GM to build a $300,000 Halo car uh, right at the beginning of a recession. That's That's... That's super GM. They finally came around. Yeah. Um, I think this thing looks really interesting. Uh, they're apparently allowing owners to very heavily customize them from the factory. Wow. Hence the coach built thing. Um, and, you know, with this very high end, it's very rarely either or. It's often and. Um, and if there is a, a Halo product that's electric, made by a mainstream manufacturer, uh, heavily customizable, and accepted by actors and musicians, then That's true. It's, uh, it's possible. I think it I think looks, it looks cool. cool. The profile looks cool. It's camouflaged up, but still. Yeah, and, the, and the, the prototypes look pretty cool. If it looks good, and especially inside, I think it has a really good shot. Because, like we've talked about almost ad nauseum, if it's an EV powertrain, then it's going to be quick and it's going to feel fast and da 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 da. So it's like, what's the separator? Like, well, the brand, the UI inside, how it looks inside. I think the number of people that would like to buy a really nice American luxury car is numerous. Yeah. I and mean, there's a lot of people in this country that have a lot of money and they would happily rather give the money to Cadillac than somebody else. It's just, it's always been about the execution and the sensation inside. Yeah. And Escalades are pretty cynical. I mean, they're they're pickup trucks dressed up to ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, they're and, and so many of them look the same for yeah. so many generations that if if you if you have fifty million dollars in cash in the bank, you're not you might get an Escalade to like drive your family around, but it's not going to excite you. Escalade you. is what your nanny drives your kids in. Where that, that like level. yeah, it doesn't stand out among you the other Escalades around. You drive a Range Rover, around. you know, or a Rolls Royce, or right. a, or a Bentley. We go to the airport, and how many Escalades are there for Uber, Lyft, liveries? Yeah. So that that's what is the separator. Yeah. And it needs to be that expensive. Otherwise, if it was $120,000, livery drivers would be buying them. The polls would That's, get them. Well, remember when I drove a Lincoln Continental and I was like, this thing is awesome. 
the press car was beautiful. It rode great. Yeah. It drove great. The interior was amazing. And I took a flight the very next week, and 12 livery drivers had them on the small wheels in the base trim. And I went, well, this thing's fucking DOA. You can't have that. Yeah. You can't have a cab driver's driving these things. So being 300 grand, it moves it above where you're ever going to see a cab driver driving one for Uber Black. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Oh. Too many tabs. Too many tabs on the page. Um, Kurt says, uh, will we see more plug-in hybrids or automakers dropping straight to EVs? Uh, this was in my recent article, and I, I think they're going to go straight to EVs where possible because we've established that a 200-plus mile EV is really enough for a lot of people, especially if the infrastructure improves. Um, but look out for the word electrified. When an automaker says their fleet is electrified, that means mm -hmm. hybrids. That doesn't mean EVs necessarily. Um, Evan Williams has a 2015 EcoBoost Mustang and looking for coilover options for daily and autocross. Do we have any experience in this area? So Joe, who replied just below, had a really great take on this. That's why I kept it in there. Mm. He does a lot of autocross. If you start modifying your your suspension, you'll get knocked up to a different class. Oh. And then you're in a class with like race cars. So I Joe's see. advice was if you just put your money into tires and brake pads, especially because you have performance pack on the uh, Mustang already, like just work on your driving and that will help your times more than adding suspension. Thank you, Joe. That is yeah. a better answer than I would have given. Uh, Sean Smith sent all spent all winter building a K24 FRS race car, crashed it bad in its first race at the Glen. We'll need countless hours to repair. Having a hard time getting motivated to spend more free time working on the car after disappointment. How do you guys get back into something after crushing disappointment? I uh, mean, I was really irritated. I've been very irritated numerous times with my car because it keeps... I get something done and I get to go do something with it and then it breaks. But I think what I've come back to with it um, and with other cars, like the same reason I've let cars go before is, did you do the thing with the car you intended to do? Like, did you get out of it what you were hoping to get out of it? So if you had built this car and you're like, I'm going to learn to race better, I'm going to do endurance stuff, I'm going to do these things, and that got cut short really, really quickly that's the motivation like you haven't checked those boxes yet and mm -hmm. if there's no if you can't afford to just dump it and get a different race car to make those experiences happen if the only way out is through like that's that's what i think about like i'm not done with this car yet yeah that's why i don't own a race car <laughs> why i rent seats in other right. people's race car um you know the uh, i mean is what what is the lesson from the disappointment you know, did can you learn something that might keep you from doing that again? Mm. Did you learn of you know? I've had crashes before on racetracks, and each time, I learned a lesson that was like, oh, that was something I'm never going to do again. Right. And so, you know, having a finished and working race car is better than a fucking ball of metal or whatever you've got right now. So, um, but I don't. I mean, I don't want to say I don't have a lot of crushing disappointments, but I don't take that many risks. True. You know, I don't put myself out there at, at a level that's going to have a crushing disappointment. I really hedge a lot. And maybe I'd be more successful if I didn't hedge a lot. But, like, uh, I don't have a lot of crushing disappointments, and maybe I'm just fortunate that way. 
But yeah, I mean, if I hand built a car and then crashed it in its first race, that would suck balls. It would. Um, and you also have to look at: is this a thing where you can repair the car, or do you pull parts off and find a donor car? And you know, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, that that is a financial question and a time question. Yeah. Also, cutting losses sometimes is the way go- way to go. True. You know, if you don't want to rebuild this car, part it out and buy a seat in someone else's race team. Right. You know, that's that's the way to do it. Uh, Felix asked about GT3 RS, which they we did already. HUD, have we seen the new Netflix stock about Woodstock 99? Yeah, I did see it, actually. I haven't, and everyone I know is talking one. about There's it, two so docu- I need to watch There's it. two documentaries about Woodstock 99. Oh. Uh, one came out, like, six months ago, and then one just came out. What's um, the difference between the two of them? Directors? Not much. Oh, all right. Uh, the, the most recent one, the Netflix one, has more um, with the uh, production company. That put it together. Okay. Like I think it was my. I think it was made by someone on the original production team. Um, Woodstock '99 was a great example of lack of attention to detail and pure like you know hubris um, and and lack of a real uh, connection to what made the original Woodstock great. It was just this hyper, you know, they had to turn this thing that probably shouldn't have been a business into a business. Mm. And they've figured it out by now, like Coachella and shit makes money, but they hadn't figured out the right way to make money. Uh, And it's just, it's a disaster. You know, they had it, instead of having it in a field, they had it at a fucking military base. It was really hot, concrete. They took people's water away and then charged them all this money for water. Like, they didn't have enough bathrooms. They didn't have enough this. They didn't have enough sanitation. That was the water thing. That used to be a thing at at raves in the Bay Area. Uh, And I don't, I know this because my dad's an ER doctor. And they would get people brought in who were overdosing on things, often overheating. Yeah. And they passed a law in that area. And I think it spread, it just has, um, events now just do this for those kinds of music the water's free yeah they can't charge for water anymore because it's just it's just dangerous basically yeah so back in 99 they were like no let's charge for water and yeah well they i think they uh the excuse they make in the documentary is that in order to raise money quick they sold the rights to all the food and beverage right. to one company who could then make their own rules yeah so they had no control over it and yeah i mean a series of very bad decisions were made in woodstock 99 i watched uh real quickly before we finished i watched the dirty money or not dirty money whatever about randy oh yeah it's it's like a 90 minute it's it's like a 90 minute thing on netflix i thought it was gonna be like 20 30 no no what the yeah it's crazy isn't it he they they had a cargo ship yeah yeah that's why i said a barge you said a barge i thought you meant when i think barge i think the ones that transport garbage like up and down the hudson yeah this was a shipping container like a tanker trip with a a tanker tanker with a false bottom yeah i mean moving 52 million dollars worth of marijuana in the 80s yeah which was the only difference between between the kind of barge randy had and a cargo ship was the barge didn't have its own power it was towed by a tugboat Oh, it was? Yes. The whole way? Yes. That's why the trip That's took why so it long. took months. It was towed by I mean, a fucking tugboat. I mean, ship travel takes a long time anyway. I yeah. didn't know it was towed yeah, the whole yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like- Dude. That's the only difference. But it was the size of a cargo That ship. is insane. <laughs> In, yeah. That is so insane. Yeah, those guys took it to another level. Wow. <laughs> you want to find an indie team. You're like, well, I guess we got to move another ship. Yeah. Nuts. Incredible story. 
Yeah, so I'm going to Monterey tomorrow morning. I'm going to go early, probably take the PCH, enjoy my Ferrari. Um, and then I'm going to Scotland. I'm going on vacation for my mom's uh, my mom's birthday. My parents are taking Hannah and I to, to Scotland. Awesome. I've never been. So we're, we've recorded many shows uh, ahead of time. That'll, that'll, the, sh- the content will not stop, but you're not going to get a current crew show until I return um, the first week of September after Labor Day. Yep. So enjoy the content we've pre-recorded. Um, Please, you know, like, subscribe, comment, do all those things, share our shit, help us. Review uh, on iTunes. It helps a ton. Oh, oh, yeah? uh, Yep. Rate and review on iTunes? Yep. All right. That's the thing. Happy Labor Day early for everybody, and uh, see you in Monterey.